Hi everyone and welcome to How to College for First Gens, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be a first generation student before, during, and after college. For those of you new to the podcast, our goal here is to democratize knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a little bit more about the first gen experience, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges first gens experience by sharing lessons learned from fellow first gens. I am Luce, one of the podcast co-hosts and a first generation student myself. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with one of our Hotter College interns, Destiny, who shares about her experience with attending a predominantly white institution, or PWI, and eventually transferring out and into a historically black college and university, also known as an HBCU. HBCUs are unique options, especially for students of color who are looking for a community-centered place where most of the students and faculty may look like them. So tune in to hear about Destiny's journey to an HBCU and how that experience compared to attending a private PWI. Destiny, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our audience? Hi, everyone. My name is Destiny McBurl, and I'm currently a student at Winston-Salem State University, where I am Communication and Media Studies, formerly known as Mass Communication. I am also pursuing a minor in music business, and I am Riley Triangle area. Awesome. Thanks, Destiny. So before we dive into today's topic about the HBCU experience, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your college journey so far, how you decided that you wanted to go to college, where you would go to college, and ultimately transfer? Growing up, college was always something that was talked about. Since my parents didn't go to college, I don't think my grandparents went to college either. So it was something that was expected of me, but it was also like encouraged in a positive way because I know sometimes you know, first generation college students, their parents are just like, go to college, go to college, go to college. And it's the only option. But that wasn't my only option. They said, if you didn't want to go to college, there's trade schools and things like that. But I always had the desire to further my education because I've always just really loved learning so much. So I did this whole little early high school program in middle school. So I started taking high school classes in middle school. In high school, I started taking college classes and I ultimately graduated with my associate's degree when I got my high school diploma at the same time. So I could, you know, go ahead and continue my education and won't have to worry about paying so much money for college and things like that because I was given the opportunity to take those, I believe it was 65 credit hours were the college classes when I was in high school. So I was just really excited about furthering my education and doing whatever I could to make sure that I could do that wherever I wanted to. So I just really worked really hard with getting good grades in school. And so when I graduated in the May of 2020, I committed to a PWI and then I transferred to my current HBCU fall 2021. Cool. Well, that's actually pretty amazing, you know, that you were able to get so many credit hours with the time that you graduated high school, 65. That's wow. <laughs> I think at the time when, when I graduated, I probably have like definitely under 10. So that's quite the achievement to have been able to graduate with an associates and to kind of have all these options laid out by parents and not feeling completely pressured to do one or, or the other. So that's that's really awesome. So you mentioned you went to a PWI. Why don't you go ahead and explain to our audience a little bit about what that is? A PWI is a predominantly white institution. The PWI that I did attend was a private school. So that adds an entire another level to the entire experience. 
So how did you first decide that that's where you wanted to attend when you were graduating from high school? You initially selected this PWI. What was your process in selecting this school initially? I know a lot of people have like dream colleges and universities to get into, but I was not one of those people at all. I had not the slightest clue as to what school I wanted to go to. When I was in middle school, one of my sisters, I'm sorry, I have a lot of siblings, so I literally had to count on my fingers. My fourth oldest sister attended another HBCU in the state, North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State, otherwise known as NCAT. And I just knew at that time I wanted to go to NCAT so I can be just like my big sister. But eventually I was just like, NCAT is great, but I don't know if that's my, a dream school necessarily. I had never heard of my PWI before, but one day I think my second oldest sister, she texted me and she was like, had I ever heard of the school before? And I said, no, but like maybe weeks prior, we had talked about how I would love to study abroad when I went to college and the school has one of the best study abroad programs in our state. And I think in the country maybe as well. So I was like, okay, I need to come up with a list of things that I want in the school. I want great education, a nice study abroad program, really cool social scenes and like really great academics, and which was my main focus ultimately. So I was figuring out where I wanted to go. I remember we were going on spring break. I believe it was like March 13th, except we never came back because of COVID. And so I was just left with a lot of time to figure out what schools I wanted to go to. I got into, I believe, like 22 different schools, um, which was cool. But it just shows like how much I didn't know where I wanted to go. But I ended up narrowing down my choices to my current HBCU and my former school. And universities were adjusting to the whole, how do we communicate with prospective students and our current students in the middle of a pandemic? And I just wasn't necessarily getting the communication that I needed from my HBCU at the time. So I went ahead and committed to my former PWI and hoped for the best. So that's how I got there. Gotcha. Some of the main drivers that I'm hearing is is that it, it checked everything on your college list of things you wanted from college. And then what it came down to making that final decision, it was about the communication that you were or weren't getting from your top schools. And so that's how you initially made up your mind. Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the year that you spent at your PWI and what that experience was like? The year I spent at my PWI was a very interesting experience, to say the least. My first semester of college was my first semester at my PWI. My second semester at my PWI, it was a lot better than the first, but it still wasn't good enough for me to stay. I experienced an immense amount of microaggressions. I was a young black girl at a predominantly white institution in the South during an election year. And the PWI was a private institution at that. So that added a whole entire other level of being surrounded by levels of privilege that I hadn't been introduced to prior. So it was very interesting to be there and experience all of that and to see how the administration handled the blatant acts of racism surrounding our school and within our school. I had found out the spring semester that apparently white only events had been hosted at the university. 
and covered up due to some statement about inclusivity and giving non-people of color a safe space to talk about different things. And I'm all about inclusivity and safe spaces, but that is literally not what it was. And it made me extremely uncomfortable. It was just constant reminders of so many negative things and privilege. And it was just really uncomfortable to be surrounded by people who had the luxury of blissful ignorance. That sounds super crazy and can't imagine like having all of these kind of things thrown in at your face repeatedly and not feeling like you're in a safe space, especially because that was one of the things on your list that you wanted to have a good social atmosphere. And if you weren't really finding that there, then I can see how that could definitely be disappointing. So when did you start thinking that this was enough? Like, I need to think about transferring to a different school. And how was that process to transfer? I feel like in a way, I always knew there was a possibility that I would transfer because one of the conversations that I continuously had with people prior to officially committing and then moving on to the PWI's campus was that I would be a Black person at a predominantly white institution. And my entire life, I grew up in a community and went to events and schools and events that was all about uplifting and cultivating the livelihoods and knowledge of Black people and people of color in general. So it was a huge culture shock at my PWI. So it wasn't necessarily a complete shock when I did end up transferring. I feel like in the back of my head, I always knew that it would happen. But the moment I really knew that I had to transfer, I want to say it was sometime during that first semester between Thanksgiving and Christmas break. I believe I had been really, really sick or something like that. And I reached out to one of my teachers to tell him what was going on. And I was just like, I need to get this done. The administration says that in the event that I get sick because of COVID and, and whatever, that you would work with me to get these things worked out. And my instructor didn't at all use his privilege and anything and everything he had in his power and in his ability to not work with me. And then... That was also the same time as the Trump caravan parading through the campus. We made Snapchat news and some other news outlets. I think we made the news four times for negative things during my time there, to my knowledge at that. And I was just like, this is crazy. And then the president sent out a statement comparing the racist harassment of the Trump caravan parading through the campus main streets to a car show. And it was definitely... Not a car show. The way she addressed and handled the situation was unbelievable. And being a private institution, they have a lot more power over what they allow and what they can do than public universities like my current HBCU can. And they didn't do anything to make me feel safe and make other people of color feel safe. And then when you add this whole aspect of how female students were being harassed, and trying to remember the street's name, but I would avoid walking over there at night because there was this red pickup truck that would circle the university at night harassing students of color. Oh my God. And female students in general. And I am both black and female and it just wasn't great. And the university police did nothing to stop it for the most part. I remember literally going out to the coffee shop on campus one night with one of my great friends at the time, Hannah. And 
we were talking about how the campus police didn't do a good job at making any of us feel protected. And as we parted ways and she was walking back to her car to head back to her off-campus apartment and I was headed back to my dorm, she called me less than five minutes after we parted to tell me that these guys revved their engines at her on the side of the road and were honking at her, just spewing like hateful things. And she saw a campus police officer and was like, hey, I have these guys license plate tag. They said this, this was really crappy. I wanna make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else again. And I'm pretty sure they do not go here because they look like a group of older gentlemen. And the campus police officer said, hey, there's nothing we can do because they didn't physically harm you, which is something they continuously said all the time when people of color brought up incidents at the school. So I was terribly burnt out physically, mentally, and emotionally and academically by the end of that semester. And it definitely was not my proudest academic moments either because I was dealing with so much and I didn't feel like I had enough support at that time. So when I went home for winter break, I decided that I was like, I'm going to finish out this school year. I now know what I can expect. I need time to figure some things out. And I had already missed the deadlines to transfer. So my only option was to reevaluate the way I would conduct myself at the school and the way I would handle my experiences at the school moving forward. So my second semester was perfectly fine, but I had already had the decision made up in my head that I was going to transfer. So I went ahead and put in my application during spring of 2021 and decided it was time for me to leave. But luckily, my last semester at the school, it wasn't as bad as the first semester. That is the semester we found out about the quote unquote whites only event. So that was terrible in the way they handled and the way they handled the overall situation was terrible. So I concluded that it was the time for me to leave, said goodbye to my roommate at the time and some of the other friends that I made and a lot of faculty members that I absolutely loved and still hope to continue to keep in contact with because they were amazing. They just were employed by a really interesting (laughs) university. So that's how I ended up coming to the conclusion that I should transfer. Well, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that really negative experiences, but at least I'm happy that you're, you know, at a much better place that you don't feel all of that hostility towards you all the time. Because I definitely cannot imagine trying to just like do school, you know, your first year of college where you, first of all, you're just figuring things out, being a first gen and never really having that example before. And on top of that, dealing with all these other external things, just there's no way that I could see like myself, for example, like being able to handle all of those things and being able to stay sane at least. So I'm really glad that you were able to recognize that at the moment that you needed a change and were able to put into action the things to make sure that you were in a much better atmosphere. So talking a little bit more about your current school. So what did you know about HBCUs in general before you actually attended one? I went to a high school where a lot of the staff members and faculty attended HBCUs. So there was this constant push, but not necessarily like a negative push for us to go to HBCUs. So I always had information about, okay, HBCUs, aka 
historically black colleges and universities. I knew about the experiences and the social scenes and the educations and, and things like that. But one of the main things I had to keep in mind was that HBCUs, many of them are public schools and HBCUs are extremely underfunded. So there were a lot of things that I could get from PWIs and other private institutions that I wouldn't be able to get at an HBCU. So my main things that I knew about HBCUs were that socially for people of color, especially black people, they were definitely worth the hype. And people continuously always say, it was the best days of my life being surrounded by faculty and staff members that looked like me and understood my experiences and how the world perceives us. And it was great looking around my campus and my classrooms and seeing people who looked like me who could also identify with me. And then that was the first thing. Then the second thing was that HBCUs are extremely underfunded. Yeah, I want to say those are the main two things I knew about HBCUs, which definitely I can attest to now that I have been in my HBCU for almost an entire school year. Yeah, I think that's very interesting that you were aware about the fact that HBCUs are definitely underfunded, which I totally agree. And that would mean that you wouldn't have maybe the same type of resources as going to a different school or a PWI. So that was something that you, I guess, consciously decided that it was still worth it to go to an HBCU for the, the other experiences that you would have there, knowing that it could mean that you would have maybe slightly less resources than than if you stuck to your PWI or even went to another school entirely? Most definitely. I feel like even though HBCUs do not have the most amount of money and resources to work with, a lot of the times when you see the way the administration makes mountains, moves, and valleys part and everything just work, despite whatever we have to work with is amazing. Like I literally still wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Sometimes I still can't help but wonder how many more mountains we could move if we have proper funding. Absolutely. But our administrations love us, even down to the people in the cafeteria. Like it's literally one big family. Our mascot here at Winston-Salem State is like, we're the Rams. So we call ourselves a Ramily, and it definitely is that. During homecoming, which is, oh, that's the third thing I know about HBCUs, homecoming seasons. But that goes along with like the social scene. But homecoming seasons, it's like one big family reunion for the alumni and current students of HBCUs. And when I would go out for homecoming with my roommate and our friends, and we'd be wearing our school gear seeing people who graduated in like 1988 in the early 2000s and things like that. And we see each other and it's just like pride. And it's like, so proud of you. You're going to make it. And then the alumni reaching out to current students with job opportunities. It is literally one big family. And that's something that you can't put a price on regardless of however much money or the amounts of resources you get at PWIs like the one I attended. Yeah, I think having that sense of community is super important no matter where you are. And if you feel that right away at an HBCU where you feel like you, you just belong from day one, it definitely makes it easier to, to one, be able to focus on your schoolwork and getting all of that done and 
and to like feeling at ease and like you can be yourself. And I think it's it's true that what you say that like HBCUs and like the people in them and everyone they can move mountains. So it's it's really amazing like how resourceful they can still be in making things happen and making sure that their students are still getting a quality education. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what your experience has been in general at your HBCU and and maybe some of the main differences that you've seen from from your prior school? My experience at my HBCU has been an interesting one. I was definitely nervous about transferring schools because even though in the back of my head, I knew that there was a possibility that I would, I was still transferring schools, which was something that I never really wanted to do. I just wanted to choose a university and stick with it. But coming to my HBCU, I was a bit nervous because I did wonder about the opportunities I would have and the access to different resources because they are so underfunded. But when I got here, that's when I realized that they will literally make a mountain out of a molehill and things will be figured out to the best of their ability. And if we can't get the resources and experiences from them, they have connections for internships and partnerships and things like that so that we can still get what we need, even if it can't be directly from them. So my experience in my HBCU has been really great because of that. It's been really great being taught by so many amazing doctors and teachers. My professors are hands down the most intelligent people ever. And it's the way they care about us, not just as students, but as individuals and how they constantly are reminding us to take care of our mental health and our emotional health and telling us if we need anything to reach out. Like the sense of community is just beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And the social scene is really cool too. I am what I would consider an extroverted introvert. When I'm outside, okay, cool. But for the most part, I really don't like to be around a whole bunch of people. But when I do put myself out there to engage with other people and be involved, like it's amazing. It's really, really cool to be around people who look like me. This will be one of the only times that majority of us, since I do go to an HBCU, is a predominantly Black population. This will be one of the only times where I get to be the majority. And I have my entire life to be a minority. And being here and not constantly being reminded that I'm black and then I'm everything else that makes me an individual and successful and intelligent and able to persevere. It's literally, I am intelligent. I am capable. I am all of these amazing words that means I can do and accomplish anything I put my mind to. And I happen to be black. And that's so amazing to be able to be that and be who I am and embrace my culture surrounded by other people's it's it's just amazing, which is a huge step up from my PWI completely. And even though my PWI may have had more money and some resources and things like that, I don't know. I still want to say that education is a lot better here simply because of how much they challenge us. My PWI did not challenge me the way I am challenged at my HBCU. And I think one of the main reasons is because they know that because I am a person of color and that a lot of their students are people of color, that we will often have to work a thousand times harder than our non-PLC counterparts in order to get maybe half the way. So they're constantly drilling us and instilling in us that we need to always put our best foot forward 
and constantly challenge ourselves to be the best version of ourselves and put ourselves out there and be assertive and not be afraid to demand what you deserve. And I think that level of challenging us and pushing us to be the best that we can be while being like, I'm right here if you need me. I'm right here if you need me. Just keep going. I'm right behind you the whole way. It's it's amazing. That's awesome. It really sounds like being part of this HBCU now is really giving everyone there a sense of empowerment and letting them know that, yes, they can like achieve anything. And it doesn't matter that, you know, that you guys are all POCs. Like it's institution that, you know, provides that empowerment from, from the beginning, which I think is super important because it's something that helps to, you know, develop leaders and stuff. So it sounds like you're really getting that instilled into you at this school. One other question that I had for you. So what have been maybe some surprises or, or some things that you didn't expect once you started, you know, being a student at HBCU? Is there anything that like surprised you from, from the move, from just the atmosphere that you didn't expect initially? I think even though HBCUs have a reputation of being like a family when you get there, I just thought it was one of those things that people just said because they love their school or they simply wanted me to commit to the school so they can have my tuition and fees money. <laughs> um, but it was true. And I honestly was not expecting it. I had such a negative experience by PWI that I thought that maybe I was doomed to have a negative college experience and I was just meant to get my education and be antisocial and to myself and things like that. But the way my HBCU challenges me to get out of my comfort zone academically and socially is something I did not expect at all, even though people were telling me, girl, you are literally in for such an amazing, crazy ride. And I didn't believe them. So I think that was the biggest thing that surprised me, even though I shouldn't have been surprised because I was warned. That's funny. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to? I mean, you've only been there a year now. So what are you looking forward to college experience in the next couple of years as you, you know, get towards the end of your college journey? I am looking forward to hopefully COVID calming down so I can have some sort of college normalcy. I know whatever our new normal is going to be is going to be a new normal, but I would like for me to have some of those college experiences that everyone always talks about that we haven't been able to have because of COVID restrictions. But since the mask mandate has been like lifted and things like that, we're able to have a lot more events that will really boost social engagement across the campus. So I'm really looking forward to the social aspect. I'm looking forward to delving deeper into my major and figuring out what I want my senior project to be looking into internships and things like that because one of the degree requirements is another communications assigned internship. And apparently there are a variety of options to choose from. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and just getting involved in any way that I can. I'm just really, really looking forward to that. They have a lot of different opportunities to do a lot of the things similar to what I do here at Honda College as an intern Shout out to you guys for that knowledge so that I can actually talk to them and get involved and know what I'm talking about. But I'm definitely looking forward to the involvement and the knowledge and things like that. 
Yes, absolutely. And I know we've mentioned a couple of maybe advantages and disadvantages of, of being at a HBCU, but is there any others that you can think of about like whether advantages or disadvantages of being at an HBCU? I think I might have mentioned the main ones. I feel like, I think like how I had mentioned earlier, the main disadvantage is being underfunded. And the main advantage is the sense of community that you get here. So I feel like those two in a way cancel each other out, I guess. Yeah, kind of. So I'm just going to tell everyone to attend an HBCU. All right. Well, is there any maybe advice or tips that you would offer students that are maybe considering attending or applying to an HBCU that maybe haven't made up their minds or don't know a whole lot about HBCUs in general? I would say to do your research. HBCUs are great, but at the end of the day, we all need to consider a variety of things when we choose where we're going to spend our time pursuing our higher education. We need to all figure out what it is that you need academically and socially and distance-wise from home and things like that. And if HBCUs falls on the list, check them out. HBCUs are great schools to tour and visit. And they have a lot of partnering programs with high schools and elementary schools and middle schools in their cities. So you can get even more experience there. And just take your time, do your research. And even though they are very underfunded, I promise you the experience you get at HBCUs will make up for all of that. You cannot put a price tag or any amount of resources on the experience you get at HBCUs, the way they challenge you or anything else to do with HBCUs for that matter. Absolutely. I definitely believe that. So many prominent figures that have come from HBCU, so they definitely can can prepare you. To wrap up, if you had to summarize your experience at an HBCU in one word, what would that be? Phenomenal. Well, thank you so much, Destiny, for joining us on the podcast today and sharing a little bit about your experience with both the PWI and then transferring to an HBCU. We thank you so much. Thank you. As you've heard from our guest, Destiny, your college experience can be largely affected by the school you choose to attend, and choosing to transfer schools to better fit what you're looking for in a school is certainly an option. Different kinds of schools offer varying resources and social opportunities, so it's important to take a moment to reflect on what it is that you need from your school to help you grow, prosper, and feel welcome as you get through your studies. So as Destiny suggests, do your research, visit schools if you can, and get informed so that you know what to expect from the school that you might want to attend. Thanks again to our guest, Destiny, and thank you for tuning in to How to College for First Gens. As always, you can find us online at howtocollegefirstgen.org. Or if you prefer to reach us on social media, you can find us at How to College First Gen on Instagram and Facebook and HCC First Gen on Twitter. Drop us a comment and let us know what you think about this episode. Remember, you are not alone in this journey. Until next time.